0: Welcome to the MTFN BizCast, a podcast designed to provide information regarding a variety of legal topics. The attorneys at Meisner, Tierney, Fisher & Nichols host new episodes every month covering topics that are current and relevant to business owners, professionals, and members of the legal community. Although we cannot provide legal advice that you can rely on in these episodes, we do hope that they will be helpful to you if and when you ever do need to seek professional advice.
1: Welcome back to the MTFN BizCast. Uh, I'm Sean Bukowski. I'm a litigation attorney here, along with my colleague Sam Morris, who also is in the same litigation group that I practice in as well. What's going on? Uh, we're going to talk about appraisal, which is such a hot topic. We have just been getting like, bombarded with requests to do appraisal. Um, so appraisal, Sam and I do quite a bit, of a lot of the appraisal work um, in our litigation group in particular. Um, I would probably say that, you know, you and I probably, at least in our group, we probably have the most experience in um, doing the appraisal issues. And it could get pretty detailed and nitty gritty, especially with regards to sort of the unclear nature of Wisconsin law with regards to appraisal. We're going to try to give it our best shot today, though. Um, So I guess just, you know, generally... um, Sam, for our audience, can you just kind of explain, like, generally, like, what appraisal is?
2: Sure. So it's kind of a an informal um, dispute resolution process. Um, it can sometimes be mixed up with the arbitration process, which is uh, similar but uh, distinct in a number of ways. Uh, first off, the arbitration process is, is much more formal um, than appraisal. Uh, and, and the appraisal process, at least in my experience, typically only arises um, in the context of uh, homeowners insurance policies or renters insurance policies, whereas arbitration can cover, you know, any number of topics can can go to um, an arbitration panel. So the point of appraisal is to uh, determine the the value or the quote unquote amount of loss uh, over a certain item or a certain item. Um, number of items uh, where there is a dispute over uh, the uh, the amount of loss or the value of that item.
1: Yeah. And I think for our purposes today, I think we'll stick to the discussion specifically with regards to like the homeowners and the renters uh, context with regards to an appraisal provision. Um, you know, and I think that's a good um, rundown of kind of, you know, how appraisal is defined. I do think a lot of times people do use Appraisal and arbitration interchangeably, um, and they're not the same thing. Um, again, you know, for example, like just when you think of like appraisal, like what do you think of? Like I'm thinking of like, I'm gonna hire somebody to look at my home and tell you how much my home is worth. Like, that's how I view it. And that's how I think at least Wisconsin law is, again, we're talking about valuation and sort of the value of the specific item in dispute. So I do think that that is probably um, at least how I think of appraisal.
2: Um, Yeah, no, I'm the same way. When I'm thinking of appraisal, I'm thinking of, you know, two contractors wearing the uh you know construction vests going out to a site and taking a look at you know a certain item of property whereas it, you know you picture an arbitration I'm almost picturing a trial almost you know that, that so <laughs> they are pretty distinct in in what they do
1: yeah in appraisals you're not really you're it's not going to be You know, you're so for example, if you do go to appraisal, you know, you're not going to be there. You're not going to give testimony or anything like that. And and that would be different in an arbitration proceeding. In arbitration proceeding, you would have witnesses, you'd have either just a single arbitrator, which is like typically like a an attorney, a retired attorney, judge, retired judge, a variety of different people that sort of have that expertise in that specific area that would be what an arbitration would kind of look like almost kind of like a a mini trial something um you know it's typically not quite as formal as a trial the rules are slightly different with regards to evidence and things like that but appraisal you don't have any of that um appraisal you just have essentially One person is essentially the appraiser for, you know, say in our context, the insured, and then the insurance company will hire their own appraiser and they'll essentially try to come to some sort of agreement with regards to valuation. So it's, it really looks quite different than Mm -hmm. an arbitration proceeding or even like a mediation. Exactly. You know, we deal with a lot too. We see this quite a bit in the insurance context. And there is quite a dispute. We do get a lot of cases where, you know, the the insured thinks that, you know, look, this case should go to appraisal. And, you know, we typically disagree, depending on the case. I mean, we don't always necessarily disagree that the case should not go to appraisal. But so I just want to kind of read it again, just bear with me a second (laughs) here. But the typical insurance policy and how it's defined, um, the appraisal. So appraisal in insurance policy context, generally, again, every insurance policy is a little different. It's going to vary across insurance companies. Some might be a little more detailed than others, but generally what you typically see and how it's typically defined in the insurance policy and the provision, it's, you know, if you and we fail to agree on the amount of loss, either may demand an appraisal of the loss. It sounds somewhat straightforward, (laughs) but one, the issue arises is because the key term is the amount of loss. That's typically not defined in an insurance policy. Have you ever seen it defined in the insurance policy amount of law, Sam?
2: I never have. No, and that—I mean, every time I've had a uh, dispute over appraisal, that's that has been the dispute. What is what does that term mean? So, and yeah, I, I've never seen it defined in any policy I've ever come across. Yep, and I think, and I think Sam's had maybe more experience on this, but I know.
1: This is a pretty straightforward appraisal provision. I know there are other insurance policies that kind of further define about what appraisal could be um, and what appraisal, what the appraisal panel can consider. Um, can you just talk about like those policies that maybe are a little more detailed?
2: Sure. Yeah, I've definitely seen some policies where they, you know, they go into a little bit more detail of uh, specifically what can't be determined at appraisal. So I know, for example, I've seen some policies where, um, it'll specifically say that, you know, questions of coverage, uh, cannot be determined by the appraisal panel or, uh, any questions of fact beyond just, you know, what the amount of loss is. Some policies will, will spell that out explicitly. Um, so that way there's less fighting about it if it ends up going to suit, um, other than that, you know, some policies, they'll also require um, the party demanding appraisal to submit an itemization of, of what specifically they would like to have appraised. I think it's usually uh, about 20 days uh, before the appraisal happens. I think you need to provide that itemization. Uh, so some policies will explicitly require that, though, um Typically, I think it's helpful regardless of whether or not that's a policy requirement to include an itemization just so everyone's on the same page as to, you know, what what the party seeking appraisal is actually seeking to have appraised, if that makes sense. No, I think that does make sense, Sam, especially on the
1: itemization point. I think you're right. I mean, some insurance policies do have specific language, like you mentioned, you know, look, if you're going to demand the you know appraisal and the amount of loss, you essentially have to provide us an itemization and kind of an explanation about, you know, what's this amount of loss. But I think to your point, the second point, though, I think – Naturally, I think regardless of whether it's in the insurance policy or not, if you're going to demand appraisal and say we disagree on the amount of loss for whether it's the insurance company or the insured, we have to know what exactly is the amount of loss. Um, Because, again, as Sam and I will talk about, Wisconsin loss, again, not entirely clear on this issue, but If we're talking about amount of loss being defined as the specific value of the item, we have to know exactly what we're talking about if we're going to go to appraisal. Um, you You essentially just can't say, okay, I demand appraisal. We disagree on the amount of loss. That doesn't really provide us any information. Okay, are you talking about, for example, the ones that we typically see are like rough damages or a damage from like a hail loss or something like that. Um, so for example, you might have an insured that says, okay, I think my property is damaged in the amount of you know $20,000 and XYZ needs to be repaired. Insurance company might disagree on one way or the other, then typically what happens is the insurer will say, okay, I demand appraisal. Okay. Then it's really comes down to what is the amount of loss and what are you demanding appraisal for? If you're demanding appraisal for, hey, the insurance company doesn't think, you know, these shingles on maybe my south slope of the roof sustained what's typically an accidental direct sudden physical loss so for it you know typically there's covered perils like wind there's hail um, there's a variety of other perils that you know look if it's accidental direct sudden physical loss then at that point it would be covered under the insurance policy but if the insurance company takes the position you know look your south slope didn't get damaged you're not going to we're not going to go to appraisal for something like that so that's where it comes into play because we need to know exactly what we're agreeing to in appraisal and that typically is a big issue and it, and again we kind of talked a little bit about you know Wisconsin law being undefined on this issue and not quite clear. I guess, Sam, can you kind of give it, you know, the audience maybe a sort of a broad outline of at least how maybe you and I view Wisconsin
2: law and appraisal? Sure. So, you know, our position is that, you know, as we said, the amount of loss really just covers the the value of a certain item. So, you know, what does a, you know, how much does this roof cost to replace? Uh, at least it, it's our opinion based off of the existing case law, and I'll admit there's no, um clear cut wisconsin supreme court law on this issue but based off of the existing case law you know i i don't think that appraisal covers issues such as you know as you were just discussing You know, did this roof sustain a hail loss in the first place that's not a question of a value of an item that's a question of you know what caused that that's a that's a question of fact that again at least in our opinion should be determined by a a jury if that were to go to you know to, to litigation um Whereas, again, you know, if if the insurer and the insured, you know, agreed that this roof sustained hail damage, but say, you know, the insured says it's going to cost $50,000, the insurer says it's going to cost $10,000, that's something that should go to appraisal because that is, you know, a question of, you know, value of an item.
1: Yeah, and I think to your point too, Sam, I mean, and I think this really comes down to people do get confused between an appraisal and arbitration. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people view it as effectively as an arbitration provision. And it's not. Um, they're as we explained, they're two completely different processes. Um, they're not the same thing. I mean, effectively, I mean if an insurer or or an insurer for that matter can essentially just say, okay, well, we invoke appraisal and all our issues are going to be you know, adjudicated in that appraisal panel. I mean, that that's not the proceeding for that type of thing. Um, now, I mean, it would be different if you had an arbitration provision. Those are typically enforceable in insurance policies. I don't see them quite often, but um, that would be a binding arbitration process, or there could be an informal process too. But um, it, it, the appraisal panel just is not equipped for to deal with all of those issues. I mean, we're really trying to determine the specific value of that item. Um, we're not talking about again. You kind of talked about causation issues. You know, again, some of these appraisers don't have the expertise to be able to go out there and you know look at a roof or look at some type of other loss and figure out what caused the damage to the property. And I think to your point is you know those issues are for a jury or those issues for, you know, an expert during litigation or something like that to make that determination. It's really not for an appraisal panel to do that. And then I think to your second point with regards to um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit was the idea that, you know, you know, the scope of repairs, you know, if the insurance company thinks it's maybe $50,000, and maybe the insured thinks it's $75,000, we're really not talking about a value at that point, we're not looking at a specific item and trying to value that specific item, we're really talking about sort of the scope. And I think scope issues can also st- touch on coverage issues too. Because again, sometimes the insurance company might take the position that the reason why, you know, it's not going to cost that much to repair is because some of these items just were not damaged under the insurance policy and they're not covered.
2: Exactly. That's where it can kind of get thorny is when there's kind of a mix of the two where, you know, there's, um, you know, an agreement that portions of the property were damaged by a covered cause of loss, but disagreements as to you know spe- other specific portions whether those were caused, and that's where the disagreement on value comes. That those issues can get a little little thornier than the um, kind of straightforward ones I was discussing.
0: And then
1: just to fast forward a little bit, just kind of what appraisal you know is going to look like and what you have to do to invoke it. So. Oh, Sam talked about, you know, the itemization, whether it's actually formally the insurance policy or not. Um, If you're going to invoke appraisal, I think there needs to be some type of explanation or, you know, some type of itemization that says this is why we disagree. This is the amount that we disagree on. And this is what, you know, the appraisal panel is, you know, should be doing. Um, There's also a provision, and I'll just read it directly, Right after that first line. In this event, each party will choose a competent and impartial appraiser within 20 days after receiving a written request from the other. Again, sometimes it's going to be a little different in the insurance policy, but at least in the context that I see a lot, and we've had some success in this issue, is that an insured will hire somebody that we know is not going to be impartial. They're essentially they're going to hire them and the insured and the insurer for that matter can do it as well. Um, they're going to hire someone that's automatically going to get them a payroll opinion. Again, I think if, if you're going to invoke appraisal, you need to make sure you have an impartial person that is able to actually do what needs to be done with regards to the appraisal assignment. Um, and I think where I typically see it in is the insured context where they hire like a public adjuster Again, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, public adjusting is bad or anything like that. You know, obviously they have a role to play, but some people in, as a public adjuster, quite frankly, most of them are competent for the most part. Um, That's somewhat debatable in different contexts, but the issue is really with regards to impartiality. Um, Most of these people they're a public adjuster because they're trying to help an insured get money from the insurance company. And quite frankly, they get paid as part of helping them as well. So it to me, it, it one, that creates a direct conflict with the insurance policy as impartiality. Um and then again, some of these public adjusters may have worked for an insurance company, and maybe they feel insurance companies are unfair or something like that, and that's why they choose to be a public adjuster in the first place. Um, again, I'm not casting all public adjusters in a bad light. I'm, that's the first mm-hmm. example I, I, I came up with, but it, there's a variety of other people out there that just are not impartial.
2: Yeah, just to that point a little bit, I mean, I think you know any circumstance where you know, an appraiser is going to have a, you know, a direct monetary interest in the result of the appraisal. At least it would be my position that that person is not impartial. I don't know. I personally have not at least looked at the the state of the case law on that issue, but I I would think you'd have a fairly strong challenge if, you know, someone has a contract saying, you know, they're going to get, you know, 20, 30% of the uh, price that the insurance company ends up paying, it, I, to me, that doesn't make them impartial. That means that they they clearly have a you know a partial interest in that uh, appraisal. Yeah. So
1: usually there's a timeline in between when you actually need to name your appraiser. Typically, that's 20 days. And in the insurance policy that I'm looking at. Then after that, once you agree on the appraiser, so you have one appraisal for the insured, and you have another appraiser for the insurer. Then at that point, the appraisal panel at that point, we only have two right now, they would essentially get together. They would, you know, in the context that we typically see is, you know, in that hail loss case. So they'll typically, they'll go to the home, um, you know, they might value a certain item. And then at that point, they each come to their respective positions. So one may say, okay, this item is $5,000 and you know the other one says it's you know 25 again those are arbitrary numbers that don't mean anything but they'll look at it they'll try to come to some sort of agreement if they're not able to come to an agreement then at that point they need to get together and try to hire some sort of umpire which my experience is they generally don't agree on an umpire i don't know if that's your experience or generally I feel like the court needs to get involved,
2: generally. I don't know that I've had a circumstance where the courts needed to get involved, but I do know basically every case that I've had that has ended up going to appraisal, there has been a dispute over who the umpire will be. I think in all the ones I've been involved on that that has been able to been worked out informally, but that is, I don't know, strangely something that is always uh seems to be in dispute in these cases. Yeah, I can't think of any case where <laughs>
1: the appraisers have agreed on the value. Um, I, I just can't think of any case. And I, I guess maybe in the context that Sam and I, I mean, we're litigators, so they're typically pretty adverse at this point. Um, so there very well might be other context is in just the general insurance context that, you know, outside of litigation where maybe they do agree. i I mean, I have not seen it, and, you know, again, I I think at some point they have to get an umpire involved at that point. And the umpire is essentially like the Mm tiebreak. I mean, typically one says this much, the other one says this much, and then the umpire essentially... Usually, I find it's somewhere in between. I haven't seen like a case where it's like they automatically agree 100% with, you know, one side or the other. I feel like it's mostly in between one way or the other. Sure. I don't know if you had that same experience. Yeah. No, and
2: I, I might have misunderstood your question earlier. I thought you were talking about the identity of the umpire being a disagreement because I've seen that before. I've never, I've never seen that go to a court. I've definitely seen like you were talking about the, um, you know, the actual end of the day, what one, uh, what one appraiser says versus the other um, disagreement having to go to the umpire. I've definitely seen that before uh, most of the time. I, I, have, I did have at least one case where the appraisers were able, after some back and forth, to reach an agreement without getting the umpire involved. But I would agree generally that, and, at least in my experience, most of the time you're getting the umpire involved at the end of the day. And to your point, usually it's somewhere in between the two figures. Sure.
1: Yeah, and I and I think maybe I, I misspoke a little bit too, but I think the umpire issue is there's usually a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, generally the insured has an idea of who should be the umpire. The insurer has a different idea, um, and then at that point, the appraisal appraisal policy typically has a clause in there that says, you know, look, if you can't agree on an umpire within 15 days, generally you can for example, in the context, let's just say this case is not actually in litigation. This is just purely appraisal issue at this point. So obviously there wouldn't be a specific case that is actually in court right now. You can apply to, generally it's in the jurisdiction. So for example, if it's in Milwaukee County, you would file some type of appraisal action with the court requesting that they appoint a competent and impartial umpire to since the parties can't agree and that's generally sort of the limitation and that's sort of the limit of the court's jurisdiction in that point um, where we typically see it though is we see it in you know we're in litigation and the insured says you know the insurance company breached the policy because they're not agreeing to go to appraisal um, and let's just say for example the court says okay you got to go to appraisal then at that point goes through the process, they can't agree on an umpire, then at that point I suspect, you know, there'd be some type of motion or some type of request from the court and the court would probably take argument with regards to, you know, who's who should be the, you know, the umpire in the case. I actually haven't had a case actually like that where I've actually had the court actually have to decide on an umpire, although I suspect I have one right now that actually might get to that point.
2: Oh, yeah. So that should actually be pretty interesting, Because that, that's what I was saying is, yeah, I've, I've never seen that come up. I've definitely seen it where there has been a disagreement as to who the umpire will be, but every time I've seen it, it's ultimately they've come to an agreement and not needed court involvement. But, um, so I, I, I just misunderstood your question earlier. Yeah.
1: So I think just to maybe wrap it up a little bit, I think, so the high points is, again, is kind of, you know, what is appraisal? It's not the same thing as arbitration. Um, Again, you know, what we typically see and, you know, how it's actually phrased in an insurance policy, it's, it's not much different. But as Sam pointed out, every insurance policy sometimes does have a little more detail about what an appraisal panel can do and what they can't do. Um, and again, typically, that is really around the amount of loss, and that's really the big issue: is that amount of loss and how is that defined? Again, the way Sam and I view the law is that it's limited to the value of the item. We, you know, we can't get into coverage issues. That's clear. That most parties don't argue on coverage. That's pretty clear. Sometimes we get into scope of repair issues. Sometimes we get into causation issues. Um, Again, you know, it's our position that, you know, Wisconsin law says we're only here to determine the value of the item, nothing beyond that. Everything else should be litigated in otherwise, you know, a regular jurisdiction and a regular trial. Um, And again, there's certain duties under the insurance policy that, you know, again, we all got to follow, whether it's the insurer or the insurer, there are certain things you need to do to invoke the insurance policy. It's not just saying, I disagree with the laws mm-hmm. and just leave it at that. There's a little more formality to the process. Generally, the parties can come to some sort of agreement as long as there's some sort of communication and understanding about what actually this appraisal panel is going to do. Again, that's just to make sure that we're actually going to appraisal in cases we should be going to appraisal. Um,
2: Sam, any last thoughts? No, nothing really to add other than, I guess, just congratulations to anyone who managed to last through a 25-minute conversation about insurance appraisal. I know. Uh, I don't know if you're being tortured right now or held at gunpoint, but congratulations, you did make it to the end.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, appraisal <laughs> is, it can be a pretty dry issue, but it is a pretty hot topic in litigation, It actually though. is, yes. I mean, we have a lot of appraisal issues in our office. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of at least two or three that i have myself i'm sure you have a few that are pending since
2: i've been here at least five or six and i know i handled a couple of my old firm as well so it's an issue that i've been looking at for at least two or three years now yep
1: so if you want to reach samurai with regards any type of questions whether it's appraisal or any other type of issues quite frankly um our contact information is on the mtfn website mtfn.com you can see us in the bios I have a very pretty face so yes you obviously <laughs> want to look at my bio I do not <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you everybody for listening to the MTFN BizCast I'm signing off Sean Bukowski Sam, Sam see you later
2: peace
0: thank you for listening to this MTFN BizCast for more information please visit our website mtfn dot com. There you can access other podcast episodes articles and the contact information for our attorneys To keep up to date with Meisner, Tierney, Fisher & Nichols you can also follow us on LinkedIn Facebook, Instagram and Twitter